On today's episode of Locked On Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates welcome the reeling New York Mets. Are there starting pitching worries after Wednesday with Rwanzi Contreras struggling? And it's Mailbag Friday. All of that and more on today's episode brought to you by Game Time. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I just realized I was muted for that intro, but welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. Again, finally have internet again, so we're finally able to get these episodes back to you, back with the nice new graphics and everything. But my name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, brought to you by Game Time. More on them later but the Pittsburgh Pirates coming off of a series loss to the worst team in baseball in the Oakland Athletics welcome another team that is struggling a lot. A team that in the offseason, of course, did the thing that they've done for the past couple offseasons, and that's spend a boatload of money, and that is the New York Mets. And right now the New York Mets, not exactly uh, where they would like to be come October. Uh, the New York Mets right now, not the greatest team. 30 and 33, they've lost five straight, maybe even six straight. I haven't really looked. I know they've lost five straight. Um, they haven't looked good. They've actually lost six straight games. Their last win came on June 1st against the Philadelphia Phillies. So the Pittsburgh Pirates welcome this Mets team. Now, of course, if there's any indication of what just happened last series that the Pirates had against the Oakland Athletics, you probably know not to take any team lightly in Major League Baseball, especially when you're a Pittsburgh Pirates team that started 20 and 8. Now you're 32 and 29. Things have not been that great. But you enter June, you get the series sweep of the St. Louis Cardinals. You had a five game win streak going, going on six games against the Oakland Athletics. And then the last two games of that series were just a mess. So. How do the Pirates bounce back? Well, we talked a little bit about that yesterday. Getting back to that offense that we saw from them against the Oakland Athletics is going to be a big portion of how they want to do that. But against this Mets team, this is a Mets team that, for all intents and purposes, went into this season as a team that it was like, okay, it's time for us to take over in the NL East. That was what the plan was, and they are World Series contenders. That was the entire like idea that they wanted to have. Now, obviously, you know about the big marquee signings that they've made over the past couple of off seasons, Francisco Lindor being one of them. They've signed Pete Alonso to an extension, I believe. You have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer in that rotation after they lose Jacob deGrom, who just went on the 60-day IL for the Texas Rangers. The Pirates don't see either of those players. They'll see Lindor, but they don't see Scherzer or Verlander in the rotation for the New York Mets over the course of this weekend. Tonight's game, starting at 7.05, will feature Rich Hill and Tyler McGill, who, ironically enough, have very, very similar stats. Their ERAs are .01 apart at 4.40 and 4.41. They both enter the uh, game with five wins to their record. Uh, Rich Hill has about six innings on McGill right now. 
You look at some other stats that these guys have. Uh, Hill is allowed a little bit more hits, but again, more innings. He has more Ks than McGill does, less bases on balls, and about two more home runs allowed than Tyler McGill. So that's your matchup for tonight. Then you move to uh, Saturday's game, tomorrow at 4.05. Kodai Senga, another big signing from this New York Mets team, virtue of the international free agent market. Senga has arguably been the best pitcher that the Mets have had, the most consistent pitcher that the Mets have had this year. And they face Johan Oviedo that night. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the starting pitching worries. That was a big talking point in Mailbag Friday questions that you guys submitted. Senga, of course, having a good year, 3.75 ERA, 73 strikeouts to 36 walks, seven home runs allowed, 47 hits over 57 and two-thirds innings. Oviedo right now, 429, 1.48 whips, 65 innings. Oviedo was really struggled in the early innings. And that's not something you want to do against this Mets offense. So that may be advantage Mets, but we'll see. And then, of course, on Sunday, Carlos Carrasco will face off against Mitch Keller. You go into any Mitch Keller start, I know what happened on Tuesday. He got hit pretty hard. But you go into any Mitch Keller start, and you have a feeling that you can win that ball game. And I think that's how the Pirates will feel going into that game against the New York Mets on Sunday at 135, depending on where they're at. They could be in line for a series victory. They could be in line for a sweep. Or they could be against it and possibly be getting swept. Uh, Mitch Keller, of course, has the clear advantage on Carrasco. Carrasco has only pitched 36 innings so far this year, uh, has given up 36 hits, 15 walks, 1.4 whip, 5.94 ERA. So that's your starting pitching matchups that you have. And the Mets, again, I mentioned they're a reeling baseball team. They have lost six straight. Pirates are entering this series on a two-game losing streak. The Mets are favored in this game, probably purely off of just on-paper talent that they have. And it's interesting because the Pirates are 23-2 and in games when they have more hits than their opponent. Meanwhile, the Mets are 20-10 and when they score at least five runs. So offense is really, I think, going to be the difference here in a series like this. And it always feels like the Pirates have a home series against the Mets in June. Of course, we remember the Jacob Stallings walk-off home run against Edwin Diaz two years ago. That was a big point in the 2021 season that also happened in June. So it always feels like the Pirates are playing the Mets in June for some reason, and I don't know why. It's just maybe it's just a coinkadink. Who really knows? Um, of course, Pete Alonzo, a big part of this team. Former Pirates, Starling Marte, a big part of this team. But the Mets over their last 10, 3 and 7, 217 batting average, a 464 ERA, and they're being outscored by seven runs. Meanwhile, the Pirates were 6 and 4 over their last 10 with a 264 average, a 565 ERA, being outscored by 15 runs. Now, of course, you have to remember that the Giants game comes into account there where they lost by 10 runs. And then, of course, the Oakland Athletics blowout. So the outscoring of runs there is a little interesting to talk about. Now, what's interesting about this Mets team as a final kind of note about knowing your opponent a little bit, Pete Alonso the other day got hit by a pitch on his wrist. He's day-to-day. It'll be foreseen if he plays in this series. Tim LaCastro has also been on the 60-day for a while. Eliasar Hernandez has been on the 60-day. Edwin Yuseta has been on the 15-day. Jose Quintana, of course, former Pirate, on the 60-day, has not pitched for the Mets all year. Sam Coonrod, 60-day IL. Bryce Montez de Oca, 60-day IL. And then, of course, Edwin Diaz had that catastrophic injury in the World Baseball Classic. So tons of injuries are defining this Mets team right now, and that's not exactly what they wanted to have coming into this year. 
but it's something that every team is having to deal with. Like the Pittsburgh Pirates right now are still without Vince Velasquez, who's on the 15-day IL. O'Neill Cruz will be back probably in August at some point. So both of these teams are dealing with injuries. And I know that yesterday's show I talked about this series not meaning a ton to this Pirates team just because they need to be focused on those nine games against the Brewers and the Cubs. But this is also a series you can look back on later in the year. I mean, the Pirates are still very much in the wild card hunt right now. Uh, the Marlins are 35 and 28 and have the top spot. Uh, the Dodgers are 36 and 27, so they actually have the top spot. And then I believe the Pirates should have the third one as things stand. But obviously, I don't think things are going to be the way they are right now in the standings than they will be in August. Because, I mean, you're looking at this Mets team that's loaded. They're 30 and 33. You look at the Phillies, they're 30 and 32. You look at the uh, San Diego Padres, they're 29 and 33. Still kind of early, but it is noteworthy that the Pirates are still in a spot to be where they are. They're a game behind the Brewers in the division. This series means a lot. They need to go into this series with the bats hot. They need to get back to pitching well, and they need to start playing small ball again. That's where they win a lot of these games is when they simplify things and don't overthink them. So, speaking of the starting pitching, we're going to get into that here in just a moment, but I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at GameTime. Of course, download the GameTime app today and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase because buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. GameTime is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. They have flash deals and last-minute tickets. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. You get images of seat views and their lowest price guarantee, which, of course, means... If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, they will credit you 110% of the difference. So download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off and download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Need a little drinky drink right there. Um, of course, if you're listening on the radio tonight. Look for my voice on Sirius XM. You can always find it. And it's Mailbag Friday. And a lot of you guys and almost everybody's question all pertain to the pitching. So we're going to go over that a little bit and then go more into the questions that you guys submitted. But... The starting pitching has been arguably the big, well, I'd say the bullpen has been the biggest strength of this team for a large portion of the year, but that kind of goes hand in hand with what the starting pitching has done for this Pittsburgh Pirates team this year. You look at the emergence of Mitch Keller and what he has be, uh, become. He's arguably a top 10 pitcher in the National League right now. You look at Johan Oviedo, who wasn't even supposed to be in this rotation if JT Brubaker doesn't have Tommy John surgery. He's done fine. He struggled in the early innings, but he settles into a lot of his starts afterwards. You look at Rolante Contreras, who also had a pretty good start to the year since has kind of slowed down and was supposed to move to the bullpen. Vince Velasquez was having a good run of things until his injury. Rich Hill, you know what you're getting from Rich Hill. He's going to give you those 
five to six inning starts sometimes, even seven innings like we've seen him do this year. But now Vince Velasquez is on the IL. Luis Ortiz is still getting acclimated to Major League Baseball. Rowanzi Contreras was supposed to make a move to the bullpen. So the starting pitching that was superb in April and still pretty good in May, despite the sluggish May that the Pirates had, has since taken a little bit of a dip. Now, when you look at it from the standpoint of how well they started, I did say at the end of April that this was not sustainable by this pitching staff. It just wasn't. And injuries would get in the way and all all the cliches of a starting pitching staff in Major League Baseball because every team deals with issues with their starting pitching staff, be it injury, be it a guy who's not pulling their weight or underperforming or having to move Rowanzi to the bullpen to figure some things out. Yeah, I mean, even look at the Toronto Blue Jays right now. They sent Alec Manoa all the way to the complex lead to go work in their facilities that they have down there in Dundee. It, I mean, it happens to literally everybody. The New York Rangers pitching staff has done pretty good this year. Jacob DeGrom's now on the 60-day IL. This is something that every team deals with. Now, for the Pirates, I think it would have been a little bit easier to deal with if it was not for another injury to Michael Burrows, who also had Tommy John surgery, so him and Brubaker out for a pretty long time. I don't think Quinn Priester is ready yet. I know some of you guys asked about that. Um, and again, we'll get into all those questions in the last segment, and I'll kind of go deeper into it. Quinn Priester isn't ready yet. Then you look at guys like Cody Bolton, bullpen arm. You look at Carmen Majinski, bullpen arm. So what do you really do now if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates with this starting pitching staff? Because it's difficult, because you need Vinny to come back and see what Vince Velasquez can offer you coming off of injury. You hope Mitch Keller, who's kind of taken a dip the last couple of starts, can get back to that ace mentality. And the bullpen that you have right now is very good, as I mentioned before. But if the starting pitching is going to start having issues, like we saw in that Rich Hill start that was huge for this team, the bullpen's going to get tired. Dari Moretta is appearing in about almost every, if not, every other game, if not four or five games a week. David Bednar is the save guy. He's going to pop up in games the Pirates are winning. He's going to pitch about three or four times a week. You look at Colin Holderman. He's the eighth inning guy. He's going to pitch about four to five times a week. It's taxing on a bullpen. And the bullpen the Pirates have is arguably the best bullpen in all of baseball. But what starts happening is if the Pittsburgh Pirates starting pitching staff, as I just mentioned, can't go those six or seven innings like they were consistently doing in April and May, then that bullpen's going to have to get used more. And what's going to end up happening is once that bullpen gets used more, and we all know this, it's going to get tired, and you're going to start seeing guys get fatigued, and you're going to start seeing guys kind of fall off the page a little bit. So how do they fix this? Really, it's on a day-to-day basis on how the Pirates fix this. I mean, I really just truly think Rowanzi has a lot to work on. I don't know if he even needs to be in the rotation right now. But you look at what the Pirates could do, and you look at the Indianapolis Indians roster, and there's there's players there. Like, I mean, there's guys there that we know can pitch. But are they ready? Like, is it worth bringing a guy up for a cameo start when you don't think he's ready for him to just get burned? I mean, just to, like, for instance, tonight, Ken Emanuel's on the mound tonight. He has a 608 ERA. 
I mean, it, it's just one of those things for the Pirates that they're going to have to work through. I mean, you look at Cam Aldrin. You look at Hunter Barco, for some reason, who's on the AAA roster. I don't know why, uh, but he's on the 60-day. Osvaldo Bito is a guy, though, that I've looked at and said that I would not mind him coming up. And Osvaldo Bito has done fine. I think he's done a phenomenal job this year. He's a 4-4-5 ERA guy over 55 and one-thirds innings, which doesn't jump off the page to you at all. But when you want to look at it even further, 121 games in the minor leagues, he has a 4-4 ERA. He's not a bad guy at all. Osvaldo Bito is a guy that they could look at if they want to. Tyler Chatwood is also a guy that's down there at the minor league level in Indianapolis. Maybe bring him up. He's a veteran guy. Who knows what could happen there? Ken Emanuel, who I just mentioned, is a guy that you can look at. Brennan Malone, he's injured right now. Carmen Majinski is a guy that you guys would probably like to see in the bullpen to help a little bit. Quinn Priester is the big name. Quinn Priester would be the guy that everybody wants to see. Hunter Stratton is another guy that's there. But what you're starting to notice is they're going to have to make a lot of corresponding moves if they wanted to do something like this. They just would. So I don't know where the starting pitching is going to go, but it is it is noteworthy to say that you can worry about this starting pitching staff right now. I mean, who do you really have in the starting pitching rotation in Pittsburgh for fans that you really think you can rely on right now? I'd say Rich Hill. I mean, we know what we're getting from Rich Hill. He's not an ace. He's a number three or four in the rotation. And that's what he's going to be. Luis Ortiz is only going to get better with every start, but he's not going to be what the Pirates rotation was in April. Mitch Keller, again, top 10 pitcher in the major leagues right now. You can rely on him. But you can't live with a three-man rotation. And obviously they're not running a three-man rotation, but you can't live with only three of your starting pitchers pitching quality. You don't have Velasquez right now. Oviedo's fine. He just needs to get uh, the yips out of the first couple innings that he usually has. It's usually the first inning, but he just needs to get the yips out, and he'd be fine. But at some point, the Pirates are going to have to address this. Now, do they address it via trade? Who knows? Do they address it via AAA? I don't know. That is all up for the front office to decide. But if they don't fix it soon, the Pirates could start falling around a little bit. Because once what once felt like a strength is now looking like a weakness. And that's just how fast it can happen. Truthfully, that's just how fast something like this could happen to a starting pitching staff. Seriously. It just, it, I mean, like you guys saw it, it just kind of flipped on its head. Now, what do the Pirates do? That's really the big question. What you should do, by the way, before we get to your questions for Mailbag Friday, go buy bird dogs, please. They're so comfortable. 
They're stretched khaki shorts that are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Burdog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton because Bird Dogs fixed that issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you can get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric as well that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash MLB. And enter promo code Locked On MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right, guys, it's Mailbag Friday, and I kind of answered some of these questions possibly in that second segment, but we're going to go ahead and rapid fire some of these before we finish today's show. Dawson Banks says, How soon? Do you think they will call Majinski up, or do you think there are other options ahead of him in the Indy bullpen? His sweeper looked dirty last night, although he allowed one run last night. He had five Ks in just two innings. Carmen Majinski is a guy that I think would help in the bullpen at some point. I don't know if he's ready just yet. There is a possibility of it. I've always liked Carmen Majinski. I did want him to be a starter, but I do think he profiles more as a kind of long relief guy that can eat up those middle innings. I did see the uh, pitches that he had last night. He did have a good outing, as you mentioned, with the five strikeouts over two innings. Honestly, at the AAA level, allowing the runs is kind of unfortunate for pitchers because I think that's what a lot of people look at is just the ERA. But, I mean, he has a very good K to walk rate, so I think he's going to be fine. Um, I don't know how soon it would be, though. I guess it really depends on what they decide to do with the deadline, if they decide to move some of these bullpen arms, if they feel they're out of contention, or if they decide to add. I think he's a free addition that would help. We've already seen Cody Bolton come up as well, so I would put Cody Bolton above Carmen Majinski. I would also probably put Colin Selby up there too, but of course Colin Selby is on the seven-day injured list right now, so Majinski for the time being is in that same range, I think, as Bolton, but just under it, so I wouldn't expect it super soon, but you never really know what Ben Charrington's up to. F. Stover, what happened to the starting pitching, blip or bonfire? I'm going to say blip just because I think this is just due to the injuries of Vince Velasquez and kind of the struggles of Rowanzi. I do think they're going to figure it out pretty quickly. I think Mitch Keller this Sunday against the Mets is going to have a very good start, like uh, bounce back start. I think he'll do just fine. And then Oviedo has his own things to figure out. I think that um, Rich Hill is going to be a steady force in this rotation. He's going to be the guy that's going to get five innings for you no matter what. He is going to give up those runs along those five innings, but he's going to give you five innings. So I think it's more of a blip than a bonfire. A bonfire would be an injury to anybody in the rotation now. I mean, literally anybody. Like if Rowanzi went down or Luis Ortiz went down, like literally anybody gets injured in this rotation right now, that's when you can consider it a bonfire. Pit Panther, what's next for Rowanzi? A trip to the bullpen? What changes do you think he needs to make to regain his form from last year? Maybe adding a new pitch. I wouldn't add a new pitch for Rowanzi right now just because I think a lot of his struggles are with command and his technique. So I think he needs to work with just how he's like going through the motions. I think he just needs to go through the motions in a less impactful way because obviously when you're a starter you're out there that you set the tone for the game that's not the place for you to figure out your technique and command so i think he just needs to go to the bullpen 
And in between those days that he's not pitching, really just work on his technique, work on getting that plant foot down, working on getting your pitches where they want to go, getting back into a good positive mindset too, because you know that his mentality has to be all screwed up right now. So getting back into a spot where you're good mentally, you have confidence in yourself on the mound again, and can make it work. So I think that's something that I would worry about first before he adds a new pitch. Maybe you explore a new pitch down the line. I don't think you do it this year. That's more of an off-season thing that we've seen from like Mitch Keller. He did it last year, and it worked out really well for him now. So I think that's something they'll explore later. But at this current moment for Rowanzi, I think you just have to worry about him getting back to the player he knows he can be. And that could take some time, so we'll have to be patient with him. What does the ideal starting rotation look like at this point? Does it include call-ups for guys like Priester and or Majinski? I just don't think Priester is ready yet, Steel City. I don't think that he's ready yet. Now, if Priester was ready and I felt like he was ready, yes, you you put Priester in the rotation now. Majinski, again, profiles more as a bullpen arm. I don't think he's going to be anybody that's going to start on this team. But ideally, I mean, the ideal starting rotation would be what it was in April. Keller, Contreras, Rich Hill, Vince Velasquez, Oviedo. That would be perfect right now if it was available to them. But it's not. Rowanzi's in the bullpen. So ideally, if Vince Velasquez wasn't hurt, you would put Luis Ortiz there and Rowanzi could stick in the bullpen if everybody was healthy. That's just not how it is right now. So... Ideally, that's what you would want, but Rowanzi's struggling. He has things he needs to figure out and work on, so that's kind of thrown things in flux. And then the Vince Velasquez injury as well has really kind of thrown things out of order for this Pittsburgh Pirates team, and I think that's just where you have to look at it, is you just have to be careful with what you do with this team moving forward, especially the rotation. It's something that I think they are going to figure out. It's something that I think the Pirates – are going to keep a close eye on. And it's something that I think, again, as Stover asked, is it a blip or a blow up? I think it's just a blip. I think they're going to be fine. And I wouldn't be surprised that they make additions to this starting pitching staff at some point. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today for this episode of Locked on Pirates here on Friday, June 9th. You guys are amazing. I love you so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. You will see me back on Monday with Gary Morgan, hopefully. Have a phenomenal rest of your weekend. Enjoy the Mets series. Let's go Bucks. Let's get a series victory back in the win column. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast. Follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. And I will see you guys on the flip side.